We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Barcelona Podcast. This is the place for passionate opinions on unmissable stories for Kool-Aids around the world. Brought to you by the most influential voices in the FC Barcelona community. I'm Dan Hilton. That's Frances Tomas. But we're the undercards on this one. We also have Kevin Williams joining us for La Ronda from the Barcelona Football Blog. We've had him on as an interview before, but now he's going to join us as an interactive guest, if you will, for La Ronda. But that's bearing the lead. The three of us pale in comparison to the big name that we've got today on the show. An interview with Barcelona feminine player Natasha Andanova. We're so excited that the Macedonian midfielder has joined the show. Francesca got a chance to speak with her. Of course, you also can help us out, Patreon, or check the show notes. Find us on Twitter, on Instagram, at the Barcelona Pod or at HiltonD13. You can check out the show notes for everything else. And Frances, I know I gave it away. I was just too excited. I'll say hello to you, but then I think we got to get right to that interview. Right. Thank you, Dan. So, as we said, I'm delighted to be joined by the fantastic Natasha Andonova, a current player of FCV Femini and one of our stars. Natasha, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure to have you, Natasha, especially after yesterday's game. Obviously, the result didn't quite go our way because, obviously, we're not in the Champions League anymore. But the response of um, the, the public that came out to the Camp Nou uh, well, next to the Camp Nou, the mini-study was fantastic, wasn't it? How did you feel about the whole situation? I can really say that I'm really proud of my all my teammates and all my team and uh, also the staff and everyone in the club because of the support that we have there and uh, really thankful for the supporters that we have on the, on the stadium yesterday. The feeling was amazing and uh, the fans did really great job and I can say that I'm really proud that I, I'm part of this club, well, this great club. We are proud of you for everything that you did yesterday. I, I watched the whole of the game because it was available via the FC Barcelona website. And I thought that you created many great chances. I mean, there were a couple of passes to Tony Dagan up front that could have resulted on the goal. So um, how do you see the team dynamic moving forward? Um, uh, yesterday and the first game against Lyon was uh, a little bit, not a little bit, I can say this was uh, harder because we we know that uh, actually Lyon is the champions of the Europe and they have really great great team. And yesterday we play more defense and uh, was missing this step that we have to go forward because, you know, when you are 
trying to defend a lot and you, when you try to help to your to your defense line to your teammates uh, sometimes it's uh, very hard to going forward because you don't have so much power you know of course and yesterday yeah and yesterday was that game that uh, you have to to defense a lot and uh, that move forward we we missing that step to move forward Okay, so I think that, but having watched the game yesterday, I think uh, Sandra Paños, your goalkeeper, was extraordinary. Um, I think there were many great performances as well. But what would you say is the most important element of your game as, as a team and maybe individually as well? Uh, yes, I can say that uh, Sandra Paños, the both uh, games, she was amazing. She saved a lot of uh, a lot of chances of Lyon. Especially the first game and yesterday also they have uh, many chance to score a goal. But uh, Sandra was amazing and and they didn't score a goal. And my opinion is that uh, we have to try, but it's hard to play against Lyon to play, to open, you know, because when you are going forward, they have a a good team and they can score a easier goal, you know, because our um, Two right back I was defense was not going up, you know. And then when you are not going up, it's very hard for for the for the midfield players and also for the for the strikers, you know. And that's why I think we did a great job, but we missing this step to going forward. Well, I say. that that happens, you know. Sometimes um, in sports you win and you lose, and in this situation, you know, you had a very great opponent in front of you. But I think because of the way that you guys played and, and the cohesiveness that you had, you made us all proud. And talking about being proud, we're really very pleased with your performances in La Liga as well. Obviously, you've been fighting Atletico and interchanging positions at the top of the table for the whole season. And you've got a very important game in the weekend. So how do you see your chances in La Liga right now? Uh, for us, uh, we have good chance to win a, a league. I mean, one point... Uh, behind that, behind Atletico is not that much because we left six games and you never know what can happen because football is football and then it's 90 minutes you never know what can happen and uh, we like uh, we never thought that we're gonna lose from Athletic Bilbao or from Granadilla but we lose it and that is the football but I think that we have a good chance to be champions this year this is our objective for this year. Of course, and uh, hopefully the 12,000 people that turned up to the Minia study yesterday can actually continue to support you moving forward as well. Um, now, you've been playing for many different teams. I mean, I've done a bit of research and you've been a professional for nearly eight years now. You started at Boric, then Turbin, then Rosengard. You played for PSG last year and you joined Barca this summer. So how is Barcelona different from your previous clubs? Uh, like you say, yes, I'm eight years uh, professional. My career is eight years professional, and I play from for the many great clubs. And every club is where I've been. It's really professional, but uh, I like I like Barca now very much because Barca is, have a good uh, facility, have uh, great supporters. Uh, the people here in Spain, uh, especially in Barcelona. They love the football. They support also women football, and um, I'm really happy that I'm here in Barcelona. I like also the city. I like the the the, the weather here. Spain is one great country. 
Well, that is brilliant. It's, it's good to hear. Um, now, within the club this year, there's been much more investment. Obviously, you're with us, which is which is great. Uh, but the uh, feminine section actually became professional in the summer. Um, we've got Martins in the team. You've got Dagan, but then all the local players, such as obviously Sandra Paños, Alexia, Vicky Lozada, and many other stars as well. Um, how do you feel being surrounded by so much talent in the team? It's really nice. We are uh, uh, like we are like one family, and then when it's going well, we support each other. When it's going not that like we want, we support each other, and, and the girls are really nice, like out of the pitch and also in the pitch. And like I say, we are like like team, like family. Well, that, that is brilliant. That's good to hear as well. Um, do you see yourself winning the Ballon d'Or anytime soon? Is that a target for yourself? Because I know that obviously Martin's been getting individual awards over the years as well. But obviously you're a very young player. And is that something that you've got in your mind, in your future? Yes, this is my this is my dream. My dream is to win Champions League and to, to win Ballon d'Or. This is my, my, my dream. And I hope that one day I'm going to achieve my dreams okay good what do you think is lacking then what do you think you need to improve on like like player or what or how as a player so uh, for example as uh, when i used to play football i knew that for example my forward runs i had to associate better with people around me and that was always that i always work hard to to improve so do you th do you think you've got any targets like that yes of course and i also like to play uh, big games like yesterday because on that big games you're gonna show more yourself and then it's uh, almost a lot of people important people watch this game and then this is the game when you can show yourself like Liki Martins in the in the champ in the European Championship she was brilliant that that games and she won Ballon d'Or right you've been in, an international for many years as well um, can you tell us a little bit about your situation with the Macedonian national team, um, where you are as a, as a nation in terms of football, and where do you see yourself in the future with your nation? Right now, uh, this, the, the, our federation stopped the national team for uh, two years, and they gonna we're going to have uh, again uh, a national team, I think, now in, uh, in May, and... I will see how will will be, but n right now I don't know because I've not I've not been with national team like maybe two and a half year. Right. So, what do you think needs to change for that to come back then? Uh, uh, because look, in my country, the people uh, they they just think about the men football and like uh, they have to develop the women football because if they don't give us support and uh, if they don't like here in Spain, they don't support the women football. Will be hard to come in some in great uh, mundial like uh, World Cup or, or or championship. You know, of course, we need more. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's why we're doing the podcast and the Barcelona podcast. And uh, you know, that one of the reasons of having you on the show is to promote Barca, obviously Barca Femini and women's football all together. Um, is there anything else that you would like the media to change? Because obviously Spain is very men's football centered. So what do you think we can do to make things better for the sport? I, I, I think like this question asked me a lot of people and I, I always say that uh, it's uh, always great when the media speak 
more about women football and show more and uh, when we have games every time you promote this for example five uh, four or five days before the game that the people have to know that we have a game you know also when the like the Bar- FC Barcelona the main team have a lot of uh, followers on Instagram Facebook and Twitter and I don't know where and they if they uh, put something on then social media the people gonna see it and they gonna come to support us you know that that small things are very important for the women football well we, we can make sure develop. excellent we can make sure and we can assure you now that we will continue to promote women's football at, in here as well i mean yesterday before your game andres iniesta tweeted about it um bartumeu the president went to watch the football game um, at the mini study um, tt was there as well um do you have many dealings with the football team for men's? Uh, do you see each other? I know that you did the photo together at the beginning of the year, but what's the relationship there? No, uh, we don't have so... I mean, we make, like before the season, we make pictures together, but we don't have uh, so many... We don't do so many things together. I just saw them when they have practice because we have in the same, you know, training camp, and but we don't have so much contact with each other. Okay, so do you follow the Barca first team then, the men's team a lot, or are you just sort of focused on your own career and the football team for the women? Of course, of course, I follow the Barca men's team. Every time when they play home, I I am on the stadium and, and watching them because I really enjoy the how they play and and I also enjoy to see Messi on the pitch. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Is Messi your favorite player? Then obviously, yes. So beyond beyond yes. Messi, yeah, of course, everyone's, isn't it? Um, beyond Messi, who's your favorite player and why in the Barca squad for men? My favorite player is Messi, and why? Because because he is genial. He is not he is not from this planet. He really. And watching him, watching him uh, live, how he play, it's something something amazing. After Messi, who's your second after favorite? Messi. Yeah. Uh, after Messi, after Messi, I don't know. <laughs> That's it. That's it. After you Messi, don't know. Uh, Iniesta, Iniesta. What about Iniesta? What's why? What makes him so special? Iniesta is special because he's uh, he's the best, the best midfield player. He have the ball in his feet. Nobody can take it. Well, that's that's tremendous, Natasha. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. Um, I know you're always very busy, but you know we're very delighted that you took the time to speak to us today. Um, thank you for everything you do. Thank you very much to you also. And every time when you want to, to speak with me, I'm here for you always. Well, that's what that will definitely take you up on that. Um, thank you very much. Please win the league for us and please score lots of goals that you have done and continue to be as creative and as hardworking because we all appreciate it. Not just us in Barcelona or London or New York, but all around the world. Thank you very much. Thank you, Frances. Thank you very much. Thanks again to Natasha Antonova. It needs no introduction, the player for Barcelona Femini. And while the Femini team were unable to defeat Lyon in the Champions League, still a promising campaign in their league season to overtake Atletico Madrid. And Frances, I'd say that was probably our biggest interview yet. We got a player. Just an exciting time for the Barcelona podcast and the Barcelona community in whole. It's a great job by you to nail down that interview and great stuff from Natasha. 
Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I agree. I think every single guest we've had in the show has brought something different. But, you know, this is the first time we've got an actual player, professional player who's playing now. So very, very exciting times. And I can say thank you to Natasha for coming on the show. Yeah, and speaking of guests, at this time, we actually are going to bring back on a, an old guest in an old interview of ours, Kevin Williams of the Barcelona Football Blog, for another edition of La Ronda de Preguntas. He's going to help us out. And Kevin, not only welcome back to the show, but apologies, you were a pretty good guest as well. You just aren't a Barcelona player yourself. I know. Well, that's a uh, fairly tough act to uh, follow. I'm not sure I'll be able to do that, but I will uh, certainly give it my best. Let's party. So we party, and our party starts in La Ronda de Preguntas. So the question from Lance... And it's why has Umtiti not renewed his contract? And I'm going to let Kevin answer this one because an easy plug as well for the Barcelona football blog where you just wrote a piece about the value of our friend center back. So I think it's fitting that you feel this one. And it's basically why has Umtiti not renewed? Is there, is there things that you're knowing or have heard or have done your research on this? Uh, so much is not known. Uh, really, the reality is that we saw this with Messi. We saw this uh, with Busquets. We saw this with Iniesta where there was uh, speculation and talk and articles about this, that, or the other, and he's leaving. Uh, sources say this, uh, sources uh, say the other. The reality is what we can go on is what we see in public. And I don't know if you saw the photos with uh, Bartomeo uh, chatting uh, with Mtiti at the uh, Femini match, but that uh, didn't look um, um, entirely adversarial. I think that um, that Umtiti wants more than the uh, club is willing to pay. Uh, that much we know, and we know that because the contract would be done if he was not. Uh, the question is how much more. Um, I don't uh, believe the uh, nine million rumor. Uh, they understand that that would you know put him in forward range. Uh, well, I mean, frankly, it would uh, put him in like a, a Paco Al Al Clasico range, right? And Lord knows he doesn't deserve. Uh, nine mil a year. So I think that right now they are trying to find a, um, uh, what's the word, negotiating medium between uh, what the player is worth, which is a lot, uh, than what the club uh, can afford to pay. Uh, right now, I think that because we spent uh, so much on attackers, we have left ourselves in something of a bind when it comes uh, to an essential player such such as Mtiti. You can't just go out and buy another player uh, like him, which makes him worth more, I think, um, in that whole like uh, defender versus forward pay scale. I agree. I totally agree. I think you've made a couple of points there that are really, really worth sort of picking up. We are talking about a starter. We're talking about someone who starts every single game if he's fit, which he you know happens pretty much every time. Um, this is someone who, if he was to be bought, he will be costing in excess of 100 million euros. You know, you've got how much the Premiership is paying for players these days, and I think Umtiti has to be in that range. Now, obviously, it, as, as Kevin just said, it's a contract negotiation. The player, I think, is right to push as much as he can in order to get his better wage, but then the board will eventually have to an agreement and, and work out how much they want to pay for a starting 11 player who, let's face it, if he does renew his contract, which, to me... It's a no-brainer. He will, based on the photos that Kevin was alluding to, is how much they're prepared to pay. And I think the player's playing his card. The board needs to try and find a happy medium in order for that to happen. But he has to stay at Barca. There's no question. Luciano asked, why isn't Semedo getting more playing time? He's an excellent right back. And 
I think obviously the easy answer recently is that he's out injured and trying to work his way back to fitness. But before that, was it simply put that Sergio Roberto had beat him out for the job? And do you think Semedo has a future to greatly improve and become that starting right back? So uh, let's deal with the um, uh, first part of that. Uh, Sergio uh, right now has a much higher uh, football um, IQ uh, than Semedo, uh, which means that he does things that that uh, Val uh, Verde system needs. Right now, Semedo is still sort of like, and this is obviously generalizing, but he is much nearer, nearer Vidal than Sergio Roberto. Um, he doesn't know yet how to make those runs, uh, those passes. Um, he's still not on the same uh, wavelength um, uh, with Messi. Now, that will all change over the summer as he beds in and learns the system. Um, he will eventually be a starter at right back. Uh, the biggest reason is not only because of uh, his skills, but because of how well he works uh, with uh, with uh, Dembele. Uh, we saw them in one match, and just that one match, my heavens, they were amazing together in terms of the overlaps, in terms of the pace, in terms of the pressure that uh, they could bring to uh, bear on opponents. Um, he just needs to raise his uh, football IQ. There's no question about his talent. Of course, I, I totally agree as well. I think f- defensively, he can add, but he needs to be adding more. And pushing forward is all about association with either Dembele or Messi or even Rakitic or even Sergio Roberto himself because they could easily share the, the right flank if Sergio Roberto was playing in front of him. That would mean obviously Roberto moving into midfield. But I think it's all about the fact that he joined us just last season. He's still really young, He but you know he's energetic, he is physical. He just needs to make sure he can associate himself better with people around him and that he's more comfortable in his surroundings. That is for himself to do, but also for his teammates to be uh, more capable of understanding his game so they can associate better. And what about Yuri Mina? Uh, Aaron asked, should he be loaned away to free up space for a few more players from abroad, South American players? No, 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 no. He is fantastic. <laughs> when we signed him, uh, we signed him around the same time as a Coutinho, and that signing excited me more than Coutinho. Um, basically, Mina right, is a... Uh, fast, more mobile uh, PK who can also jump. No offense to uh, Jerry, but he hasn't had exactly had uh, hops, right? So um, Nina is, he's young, uh, he's raw, um, but I, um, I think the club knew that uh, going in. His skill set is one that if you loan him out, you're not loaning him into a system that is a, uh, that is a Barca analog because uh, there isn't one. I mean, City might be the nearest thing you have to a Barca analog. No, he has to learn to play the game the uh, Barca way at Barcelona. Kevin, why do you think he's not playing then? Uh, right now, because there's still too much at stake. Uh, right now, the Liga is still in balance. Uh, despite what uh, uh, people say, it, one or two stumbles and that 11-point lead is a five-point lead and suddenly it's uh, very nervous and uh, Valverde uh, fully realizes that. And let's uh, face it, there's no way you play him in Champions League. Um, you have uh, Vermaelen right, as that veteran backup who slots in behind um, a PK. So I, I just I mean, right now, there's no room for him to play. Um, ideally, if Mina had signed over the summer, uh, then we would have seen him in the, uh, uh, the early round Copa matches, uh, the group stage Champions League. Um, there are many opportunities 
uh, very early in the season to use a young raw player who you're uh, trying to bet into the system. But right now, right now, every match matters, and there's just no way that you want to risk, and uh, certainly not the uh, Valverde, who we know is very conservative. There's no way you risk him now. Well, let's hope that we can wrap up La Liga as soon as possible, because I think that given Piquet's injury with his knee and, you know, <laughs> he keeps playing, it's impossible to get rid of him because he just gives everything for the colours and, you know, he wants to feature in every match. But it is obvious that something is not quite right. So I really do hope that we wrap up the La Liga title as quickly as possible so that Piquet can get some well-deserved rest and uh, Mina can feature and show what he's worth. Yeah, and to that point, Frances, about Piquet, though, it's funny to me that you watched even over the international break, he logged major minutes for Spain, too. So it seems like a number of different medical staffs and medical teams believe that it's one of those injuries, I'm guessing, that while it does hurt him and he can play through the pain, it's not something that is going to cause further damage. And I see that a lot. Obviously, I'm no doctor, but that's usually the policy that they use, that they allow players the option to choose if it's not going to get worse, where you look at a muscle injury such as it looks like that Messi has currently, which actually brings us to another question here about Marco, that Messi seems like they don't want him to play through the pain because he'll just exacerbate the injury and it'll get worse. So to Marco's point, he asks, with Messi's injury, should we be worried about Saturday and the first leg of the quarterfinals? My answer to this is, is not really, I think, the depth against Sevilla and the lead that Barcelona have in the table. They shouldn't be worried, even if this is the game that drops the streak. I mean, at the end of the day, that streak, as Francesca and I have talked about many times, doesn't truly matter. Oh, that's uh, very true. Plus, we've already seen that uh, Messi and uh, Ter Stegen are not going to travel with the squad to Sevilla, So, um, which I think is a very smart move. The reason that Messi's um, injury is so nervous-making, right, is because people who don't have a very long, messy history uh, don't realize how fragile he was at one time and how uh, beset uh, by injury problems he was. He you know, kept uh, hurting that same hamstring time and time and time and again, and, and they embarked upon this uh, proactive um, thing that involved you know, warm-up, it involved cool-down, it involved diet-involved, therapy and now he's this fixture that we sort of presume never gets injury but i mean because of how he moves right and because of how he plays and because of his uh, musculature uh, he's a fast twitch fiber guy which means that he's very prone to getting injured and once he gets uh, gets injured i mean that could be very very messy no pun intended <laughs> it was a good pun though <laughs> <laughs> Frances, to that end as well who would be your starting 11 for the Sevilla game? And for that point, are you counting Messi and Busquets in those future plans due to their injuries? Well, it really just depends on whether the 11 I'm going to give you is if I was the coach or what Valverde is going to do. So for me, you would put Silesen on goal if Ter Stegen is not available, which Kevin obviously just explained. Um, Sergio Roberto for me is right back. On the left, it has to be Alba because Digne is also injured. Then centre-back, if it was me, it would be Jerry Mina and Untiti. So I would put Rakitic and Busquets in the middle and I would put probably Coutinho on the left, giving Iniesta further rest, which to be honest, he didn't even get with Spain. But, you know, I think we were already used to that. And then up front, I would probably have Alcácer and Suarez. And then on the right, I would have Dembélé. Um, would you agree with that, Kevin? Um, mostly. So I, my biggest question would be, um, I would be the status of a Semedo. Uh, we've not seen him training with the the group, uh, but we did 
see him with Portugal, um, just kind of with the squad there. So I don't know if he is um, at a stage where we might suddenly see him show up. That could be uh, very interesting. But my my back line would be um, uh, Vidal and uh, Vermaelen and Nina and then, uh, then Jordi Alba. And you make them a more conservative back line rather than one that roams as much as a uh, Barca back line would. Uh, then you stick Rakitic in the hole, and then your midfield becomes Coutinho and um, and Sergio Roberto, right? And because you want that high IQ in midfield, there's no way I start Iniesta, not right now. You sh- uh, shouldn't even have him near the, the pitch. Uh, then up front, you have uh, Dembele, Suarez, and then you roll out uh, Alcacer. And pardon me if that's 12, my math sucks, but I think that's 11. That was 11. <laughs> that was 11. Yeah, I mean, I'd say against Sevilla, I, I think that we know what Valverde does. And so to, to your point, Kevin, about Sergio Roberto getting in the midfield, I, I, I'm not sure that's going to happen. I think in an ideal world that he's going to do those things and the players that can play multiple positions will. But I, what I've seen is even Vidal, I, I haven't seen him at right back. So I, I'm my, my gut feeling is that Valverde is not going to enact that plan at least. Oh, no. No, but that's if I was a, a coach. Right. It'd be a strange and wonderful world, I think. And I'd be like, that guy's crazy. Yeah, I think um, Andre Gomez is going to make an appearance this weekend. I would, Absolutely. I would be shocked if he wasn't. So will uh, Paulinho. Yeah, perfect. And uh, we also get to continue playing sporting director for our final two questions of La Ronda today. I'm going to combine these a little bit into a broader idea. In, Octo- in Octavio's question, should Barca spend the Antoine Griezmann money, which is about a hundred million valuation, on De Ligt of the Netherlands, as well as De Young, both young players for Ajax. De Ligt, of course, most people listening to this podcast are aware he plays center back for Ajax. He's still just a teenager, and he had a pretty fantastic game in the international break against Cristiano Ronaldo. So, of course, that puts him on the Barca radar even farther. And De Young also, he's been playing center back for Ajax, but he is a traditional midfielder in the Busquets role. Again, don't want to create too many comparisons, but the long passing and the way he navigates a game and the way he moves forward and takes up space and also his length seems to remind people of Busquets. That said, also pairing that with the Peña Barcelona of Los Angeles, our friends over on the West Coast where you're currently at, Kevin, they asked, what do you think of Valverde's plan to thin the squad in the summer transfer window to allow more opportunities for B-team players, especially considering recent seasons where Barca have been very active in the transfer market to bring talent in? And my point with this, I've seen enough now of De Ligt and De Young where I actually think it's not a two-for-one. I think they are different situations. And while we did already praise Mina, I think De Ligt in the long run is that kind of guy that eventually will supplant PK and I'd say that Marlon Santos I think his time at the club obviously is done with the way his loan at Nice is going and there aren't really any B-team players at center back other than David Costa who's on loan from Celta de Vigo so I don't know what his future at the club would be but Delict is one of those high 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 potential kind of guys so I think he's one that makes mo- more sense in the winter transfer than De Young, who I think is a few years away and in that same respect it actually came out yet today that Oral Busquets, who suffered a big injury for Barcelona B a few weeks ago, they still, Barcelona, plan on renewing his contract and having him even in preseason with the first team along with Elena and Arneath, and we'll see how he responds from his long-term injury as well. But for those three, Elena, 
Arnaith and Oro Busquets, where Busquets plays obviously in the same role as Sergi Busquets. And so with Arthur also coming in, I guess they play different positions in these different profiles. I don't see any room over the summer for De Young that De Ligt may not ha- may have the room for. So I, I want to see what you think of all this thing, guys. Uh, that's the same as my view, which uh, gets above and beyond the notion of spending $100 million uh, for French Pedro, right? I think that um, you have so much talent coming up. I mean, don't uh, forget that we also brought in this uh, young player from Arsenal who is showing very well for B. So right now it's uh, looking like he might be a year or, year or two away. Uh, but the thing is you have so much midfield talent. And then you have the uh, ghost of uh, Sergio Samper, right, who uh, people don't seem to want to give up on, even though I'm starting to believe that they should in terms of having watched him play and in terms of his abilities to uh, get a game, even at an awful uh, club such as Sporting. But uh, he's also part of the picture. I don't think that uh, Barca will need to uh, buy another mid, I don't know for how long, especially if uh, Busquets minor shapes up to be the uh, kind of player that we expect he will okay. uh, be. I'm going to throw a curveball in there. I would, I would definitely sign Griezmann. Um, my argument is that goal is the most difficult and most expensive element of any player. And Griezmann does have that. Um, he has proven at Atletico Madrid and at Real Sociedad and even at the French team that whenever he plays... He creates chances and a lot of those chances end up at the back of the net. So for me, he does sign. Now, we did a whole podcast at we started on episode 70 or 71, which obviously I recommend you go back and listen to once this one's finished. Um, I really do think that he has proven himself for so many years that it's, it's, it's that for me, he really should be joining the Barca squad. Now, where he would play, that remains to be seen. But I think you cannot ever have enough quality up front and you know for 100 million euros of course it's a lot of money but in today's crazy market it's not that bad so i would go for him as for the licht and the young of course they they can come given the fact that uh, you know all the qualities that you've discussed but for me griezmann for that amount of money this summer would be a good buy well i think that's a good place to leave it guys again kevin thanks so much for joining us for another edition of la ronda de preguntas and from an earlier interview with Natasha, thanks to her for also coming on the Barcelona podcast. Where again, we want to thank everyone for listening, our Patreons, and all of our other normal listeners. And until next time, we'll talk to you soon on Force of Barca. Have a very good Barca. Barca.